Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast more disrespected than Tommy Edmond. My name is Nate Eininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hey, Nate. Hey, Tommy. You have an idea for the opening bit. We just at talk about birds. Hambone, how you doing? Belly full of candy, I assume. <laughs> yeah, belly full yeah. of candy. Um, actually, belly full of cake. It was uh, my Ooh. lovely wife's birthday yesterday, mm. um, birthday. and I have a lump of chocolate in my tummy right now because um, sitting likes- on top of the the standard lump of chocolate. Right, right. The, I've yeah. added to the pile of chocolate that exists with inside me all at all times. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, hey, I, I have an important question for you. Are you playing the new uh, Spider-Man game on PS5? No, I, I think you know this. I kind of have a rule with my video game playing where I have to like I, I'm a I like to beat the game that I'm playing before mm-hmm. I jump on to the next game. Um, I will say. Spider-Man looks great. I'm having a great mm-hmm. time with BG3 though. I'm I'm in Act yeah. Three. Um, I'm causing all kinds of chaos. I'm uh, I'm sleeping with everybody. It's it's great. <laughs> I was kind of planning on going to Mario after this, yeah. unless you're saying I should go to Spider-Man because that be I really liked the first Spider-Man or the whatever the hell. There's so many Spider-Man games, but the last one for the new generation yeah. or whatever was great. Um, I absolutely loved that Spider-Man game as well as uh miles morales the the dlc and also mario is maybe my just my favorite franchise so right. it is it was it was rough it's when they me. came out hey hey it's me pratt mario um <laughs> it is I like, like april ludgate <laughs> <laughs> it's a me a mario <laughs> i like mario being a badass like Chris Pratt. Yeah. No known badass. Yeah. And I like my Mario going to a weird non-denominational church that seems to be really exclusive towards folks. <laughs> that's my Mario. That's that hashtag that's my Mario. <laughs> um, well, so and, and I I you know I <laughs> Yeah. I have been if you have a favorite Mario tweet us uh, and hashtag <laughs> that that's that's my Mario. <laughs> yes, please tweet us that. Or email. Um, yeah. Talking so, about birds at gmail.com. That's right. I'm a I'm a huge Mario fan. Um, and the thing with that is that I those games are really fun multiplayer. And yeah. uh, where Spider-Man is a is a solo game. And so. It was it was also my birthday very recently, and I received uh, the new Spider Man for for my birthday. So it's kind of also I just got it first, so I've been playing yeah. it, and uh, it's great. It is great. I don't uh, think I actually wish you a happy birthday on the podcast, Nate. Happy birthday! Wow, even though it's Thank I think you. we're two episodes late, but happy birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we no. It happened in between. It happened okay. in between. Happy recording. birthday, Nate. Thank you, last bitch. Yeah, yeah, I got you by like what two years. So yeah, 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 young whippersnapper. You're disgusting. Ugh. Um, 
And uh, it, I, you know, I, I think playing Mario would be a, a great choice. It, by all accounts, it's wonderful. And I'm really looking forward to playing it as well. But um, there's something about New York City. I got to I got to say, Ben, it's almost as if it's the third character of the game. The wow. City of New York City. Um, so. The city of New York City. Uh, that, yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> you know what I call it, Nate? What's that? New Dork Shitty. Got him. <laughs> Let's go. How about New Donk City? Go back to uh, Mario. There you go. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you know, definitely recommend, uh, the game. It's fun. I've said before that swinging is my favorite game mechanic <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it is tell you what, man, there's a lot of swinging in this. I'll tell you what, right back. We're, uh, it was Denver and uh, Colorado is deciding to kind of skip over fall and we're going yeah. right into winter. It's snowing a little bit today as we're recording. Wow. And it's gloomy. I, a video game season is officially—it's yeah. really kicked off at this point. So I'm, okay. I'm going to hunker down and, uh, and and play my games and, and gain my levels. Nice, gain your levels. Well, I'm excited to hear. I I'm still Molly and I are still like four hours into BG3 because it's impossible for us to find because you don't want it like that is not a game that I just want to sit and play like a half an hour on. You no, know, it's like no. I want to do a session like a D&D campaign or something. And um, we just have really struggled to find like that amount of time to commit to it. And so I've been uh, and also I do the weekly video game podcast. Yeah. Which is all about short video games. So I barely have any time. For which, which by the way, if you are interested in BG3, I saw that you guys did do an episode about BG3. You were not on, <laughs> yes. uh, which is good because you've only played it for a minute. But check out the short game. And uh, if you want to listen to a non-short game version of short game, go listen to BG3. A lot of controversy in the short game discord when we uh, when we released an episode on one of the longest games of the year. I'll say I enjoyed it. I I thought it was nice. Well, thank you for listening. Um, And yeah, I was going to be on it, but, you know, I I I'd maybe played two percent of the games. I'm like, "Eh, you guys, you guys go and you talk about it. So um but uh, here we are. Uh, we are now just knee deep in the off season. Uh, <laughs> yeah, free, free agency. Well, it's actually, it's actually started now. We actually, yeah. there's a lot to talk about. We're talking about bullshit right now, but we actually have a full, we a do full outline to to chat through today. There, there's still no actual news, really, other than a few minor movements from the Cardinals. But like, things are happening. Storylines yeah. are popping up. Um, good and bad reporting good bad <laughs> interpretations of fine in- reporting are happening and and you know good interpretations of bad reporting are happening it's a real mess yeah. out there as we enter into arguably the most important off season of our entire lives <laughs> or at least of of like you know of of recorded you know memory yeah uh, this is arguably the most important off season that we've had as cardinal fans and, uh, I think I think this podcast and the beat writers are kind of uh, mirroring back the chaos that the Cardinals as an organization are experiencing. We're just all <laughs> losing our damn minds right now. But uh, well, everybody, get, everybody's calm down. It's going to be fine. Everybody does need to calm down. Um, I'm not going to say that it's going to be fine because we really we don't know. But it, I, I, I actually I have a rosy picture I want to paint here in, in the second part of our outline today. I'm, okay. I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm feeling optimistic today. Yeah, I I am generally as well. I think we're getting a lot of different information from John Mazalek right now, but it does all point to there's a couple things that he has said recently that really do make me feel that we are going to see significant things happen this offseason. Yeah. 
just what they are and how it all balances out. It's anybody's guess, which is why, uh, you know, everything is all over the place right now. But when you hear somebody like John Mazzei, like say we were embarrassed last year, you know, like that, that really stands out to me because that might be the strongest word I've ever heard him use. I, you know, expressing a feeling, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like that's a lot. I think, I think it's fair to say that of the entire span of John Mosellock's tenure as a Cardinals front office person, he has never had more pressure on his seat than he has right now. And that's obviously coming from the beat writers, people like us, uh, fans, you know, people filling the seats. I also think it's coming from DeWitt, the way that he's talking about it. And he's using like the the verbiage he's using is is like what you're talking about. It's putting a sense of urgency on it. Um, He is committed to spending, uh, you know, just south of two hundred million dollars going into next year. He is committed. uh, He's throwing out numbers of how many relievers and how many starters he wants to attain. uh, add to the team. I, this is, I think we have a new version of John Mosellock on our hands all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has to be right. Like it, I, I, I've not been a, um, fire John Mosellock guy. Um, no. I know like I, I get that perspective, but I've not, I've not been there. I'm not on that side yet, but I like, I think there's a, a lot of people, myself included that if, uh, 2024, is another absolute collapse and it's not because of like expected player um like declines but yeah. it's actually because of like foreseen problems like it wasn't like everyone saw 2023 coming except for it seems like John Mazalak <laughs> you know yeah. um if we have another 2024 that is exactly like 2023 like i think you're going to see even more of us on the side of uh of like it's time for a fundamental overhaul of the baseball operations staff. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not trying to sound too dramatic. I do believe this and I'm not trying to be shock value, but I, I think that like this next 12 months will define John Mosellock in our memories as far as how he has handled this situation. And I think when you're seeing the things where the brewers are, where the Cubs are about to go, and where the Reds are going in this division, you know, luckily the Pirates are still down there for us to punch on. But yeah, you you it's either it's time to kind of step up or you're going to be behind those teams. It, definitely the Cubs and the Reds, in my opinion, for a handful of years. It's going yeah. it's not like it's not something we can just pull out of easily. It's the next maybe six months, maybe four months of Mosellock's career are really going to define what the team looks like going forward and their place in the central division. It's very important. Yeah. Well, and if it's you know, the most I, important winter of our entire lives, I know. Well, I feel like we're, we're talking about like political elections, you know, where every year <laughs> it's the most important election of your entire life. Um, it is but, get uh, out there and vote. Yep. Um, uh, Pokemon go to the, go to the polls. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll see. And I, I think to, yeah. to, to, to your point, um, the I think it's even potentially more dire than just the fact that the Cubs and the Reds are, I think, on a steep upward trajectory right now, especially after 
one Cub move that we've already seen and, and some reporting of what the Cubs might be trying to do. Woof. Um, we'll talk about yeah. that, but yeah, yeah. I, got, I have um, a lot of opinions on that situation, <laughs> but um, there's also, I really believe that we are heading sometime in the near future to some sort of non divisional structure for yep. major league baseball. And the Cardinals are not going to be able to rely on the fact that they are in a division that is, uh, full of some of the worst teams in baseball, even though that's changing in and of itself. But like, if you have to compete against the entire NL, um, you know, it, it becomes a very different story as far as yeah. making the playoffs go. So, yeah. And, and we've talked and we've beat the Cardinals up on this a little bit, but I think it's worth pointing out that I'm not strictly just talking about, they need to go out and spend. They need to have a smarter approach, a player development pipeline, um, they need to have a decent pitcher come through their system. They like there are things like that that they just need to get better yeah. at and take more seriously. And we've talked about it for a myriad of reasons. We think that they've kind of um, let the league get ahead of them, or at least the you know third or half the league that we expect to be competitive with as a Cardinal fan. Well, let's get into some of the news. Um, yeah, that we had a. Uh, a really great article from Derek Gould. Um, I, I'll tell you right now, as far as this offseason goes, I'm definitely in the mode of only believing Derek Gould right now. He's the only yeah. guy on the Cardinals beat. Like, obviously, Katie Wu is fantastic as well. Um, there are good writers, but, like, there's so much out there that is so unclear and inconsistent. I'm like, did Gould say it? Did <laughs> Wu say it? I'm probably not listening to you otherwise. We uh I think that's a great point. I also think like as somebody who just consumes too much baseball content all of the time, I think yeah. it's nice to recognize how lucky we are to have Derek Gould. Um, like I, I think he's like on a hall. I, I think he's great. I think he's on a hall of fame yeah. trajectory. I think he is the best beat writer in baseball. He's super thoughtful. And like the story that we're going to talk about, he is on the ground at the world series, picking up an interesting story from, yeah. Uh, interesting player that the Cardinals, you know, had for. Yeah. I also starts. like, I like that he's snarky, but in a way where you kind of get on his side, you know? Oh it's yeah, like absolutely. He fights back in a funny way and in a way that I find endearing and less, yeah. uh, you know, some of the other people who fight back, you're just like, bro, it's your job. But yeah, for some right. reason he finds this balance of like, all right. Yeah, you're he is right in this moment. So leave yeah. him alone. But anyway, <laughs> so he wrote a, a good piece on Jordan Montgomery and all throughout this were some interesting little tidbits of, of information about this upcoming offseason. But high level, like I, I the article is ostensibly about Jordan Montgomery, first yeah. and foremost. And uh, it really outlines the the struggles he had as a cardinal um, with the Cardinals losing so much. If you remember at the beginning yeah. of 2023, they lost. Was it he got five losses in a row? Um, I remember us covering that as it was happening because it just stood out like it was just it wasn't even always bad pitching. It was just like yep. constantly bad luck. And no one we don't care about pitcher wins, but you understand why an individual pitcher would care about it, especially when it starts to like well stack like that when it starts to stack like that. And I also think I would imagine the pitchers care about wins like to a certain degree. Yeah. I would imagine uh, or the the way that I perceive it is they care about that game being won what, that right. they're starting more yeah. importantly than than any other aspect of their start. And in that yeah. article that you're talking about, Jordan uh, Montgomery reflect, reflects on a start against the Pirates 
I believe it was in Pittsburgh. And he said that it is the best the ball has ever came out of his hand. Like he was feeling he, he's never in his life felt like he was more in command and uh, and had more stuff than in that game. And if you remember that time period that we're talking about, the Cardinals found a way to lose it. Yeah. And he was mad. And I it seemed like he was pretty demonstrative about being mad, which is kind of hard to believe the big old Gumby looking fella. But <laughs> yeah, I, I it, honestly, this article and I highly recommend you read it if you haven't. It made me really like Jordan Montgomery and want him to come back to the Cardinals. Yeah. And he he basically learned a lot about. You know, it's this narrative stuff that we always hear about, um, you know, being the stopper, being the ace. What does it mean to be the guy who goes out and your team expects to win the game that you're starting and what that does for your teammates? And, he, you know, as a, as a Yankee, he had been traded to the Cardinals because the Car- Yankees didn't feel like he was a playoff level pitcher. How crazy is that? I know. And then two years later, he's the like star of the world series arguably the reason they got to where they were for making that trade at the time that they did and then his performance in the playoffs yeah yeah sidebar um hopefully like perfect win-win trade right the the rangers forever regardless of how good tokoa roby and they don't uh, care yeah sajasay or sajasi uh become no matter what, it is now a win. It's a win for them. And so yeah. we hopefully, you know, like it's just, I, I don't know. I kind of, everybody always wants these trades to be like a complete Arenado thing where you just like school someone and you embarrass the other side. But it's like, I, I like a good win-win trade. That's how it's supposed to happen, you know? So um, so we weren't going anywhere. So you might as well see Jordan Montgomery, who's a player that we like a lot, have have a nice big W in his pocket. Like, yeah, it wasn't exactly. coming here anyways. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so, uh, you know, an interesting tidbit, something that we had hoped would happen. Um, now whether it goes anywhere or not, we'll see, but the Cardinals basically told Jordan Montgomery, Hey, go win a ring. We'll be calling this off season. And I think that's great. That like, that's, that's exactly what they should have done. I'm glad to hear that they did do it. Now, how many, do you think he added a zero to his uh, contract yeah. this offseason from the from the performance or like, I mean, he, you so, know, he 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 really looked good. I'll break it. Here, here's the way I'm looking at this. This is a guy that was born and bred in the uh, AL East, which is arguably the hardest division yeah. to pitch in for all of the reasons. Right. He was traded, um, came to the Cardinals, became the ace of the staff post being traded. So he is he is flexible. He is coachable. He is successful. He then gets traded to uh, one of the better teams in the AL in a playoff race while they're down. He becomes their kind of co-ace, uh, number one, number two, whatever, and propels them. He he shows his poise. He shows his dominance. He shows that he can eat up innings. He shows that he can be healthy. I think that he I, I don't I'm not going to say that he's going to get the highest dollar amount from a starting pitcher this offseason, but I think it's going to be very, very close. I think yeah. uh, when you look at the types of teams who have gobs and gobs of money, uh, the Reds could roll up the Binks, Brinks trink, truck, Brinks truck, Brinks trink. Frank for Jordan Montgomery. The Orioles make a ton of sense to me. Now, are they ever going to spend money? I don't know. Um, I mean, hell, the Yankees could use him. Uh, pretty mm-hmm. much. I mean, the, the Dodgers could use him. He is a, Every, yeah, 
he has made himself extremely desirable and he could not have looked better over the past two years. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah. he's going to get a lot of money. I actually, because of all those things, I, I am kind of doubting his return to the Cardinals. That being right. said, I would love that to happen. Um, but I think he is going to have a lot of suitors and all those little unique aspects to his history and his game, I think are going to, like I said, I think he's going to get some of the most money anybody gets who isn't named Otani this offseason. Yeah, I, I think he is, and whether this is right or wrong, you know, time will tell, but I think he's probably perceived as the top of the second tier or the bottom of the top tier of pitchers available. I, I yep. do think Snell's going to get more. Yamamoto but, will get more and, and Nola will get more. But then right after that, like I, I think he probably is, is the gets more, gets the next most. And, and those could all be pretty close. I, and I'm going to disagree with you just on the Snell thing. I think that if you're looking at those two players and you're a front office and you want to spend a bunch of money, you're going to want to spend the money on the guy who is going six, seven innings and racking up somewhere around 200 innings on the season and mm -hmm. getting 32 starts And Snell. I like Snell. I think the Cardinals should go for Blake Snell. I think that'd be a ton of fun. Uh, yeah. Apparently he's been asking uh, former Cardinals players yeah. what the culture is like and, and trying to Which get a vibe check on it. Um, I, I'm fully for that. But if I was a front office, I would give Jordan Montgomery more money than I would give Blake Snell. Yeah. It, it's what do you it's like what are you valuing obviously Blake Snell's about to win his second Cy Young he has an insane strikeout rate as a starting pitcher yep. and like it was he had a truly incredible year last year with the Padres um but it he was also, also walked, some he, magic to his yeah he had there the was also some rate. like yeah can he do this again I don't think yeah. he can do this I'm not willing to bet a hundred and eighty million dollars yeah. that he can do this again that that's where I'm coming from He's a to be totally smaller clear, guy to I'll take you know, either of those guys on the Cardinals. Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, all day. You know, that's what we've been. I think we're going to talk about some different possible outcomes up yeah. here. But it's like no matter what, whether we slice it as this, like the Cardinals go for the top and then fill it in with the middle or mostly target the middle and, and go with a volume play. It's like they're all improvements. Tyler Malley is an improvement on this team. So yes. like <laughs> any of these guys, I, I'm also torn on the Snell thing um, for all the reasons you just said. Like if you look at Dylan Cease from when he won his Cy Young, he had the highest walk rate in yeah. in the league and still, you know, he, he pulled off this magic trick. And he was good last year, but the wheels started to fall off. And a lot of people see him as a good trade candidate for the Cardinals, and I get that. But I'm I'm worried about that for the same reason I'm a little worried about Snell. Yeah. But um, you know, I'd be happy with either Snell's ceiling, I think, and the fact that he has done it a couple times, whereas Cease has only done it like once, really. Yeah. But I'm kind of all over the place like, now. Well, so that all I actually totally I'm picking up what you're putting down, ADH. Wow. And I also because of or, or be how to how to phrase this. Blake Snell still has his velocity. He still has yeah. his strikeout stuff. He's getting older. He could be one of those guys that's like almost Max Scherzer-y. I'm not saying he's going to be Max Scherzer, but how Max Scherzer kind of really came to his own in his early 30s, where he's mm -hmm. this high velo, high walk, high strikeout guy. And then Max kind of was able to cut down on the walks and then became a perennial Cy Young candidate. Like, right. I'm not saying that Blake Snell could is going to do that, but it, you could see that happening 
because of the style he yeah. pitches in. Well, and to be fair, he has already won two Cy Youngs. I, well, I know he hasn't technically yeah. won this one yet, but it's highly I likely. It's, yeah, I think unless, it's pretty clear he's going to win. He, he uh, had like, Logan uh, Webb I, is going to get an annoying amount of votes that I'm going to disagree <laughs> with. Yeah. Blake Snell near two ERA and, yeah. you know, a 30 something percent strikeout rate. And, you know, so anyway, let's let's get back on on some of the news. Um, the in this article and other where other uh, areas we've seen something that you and I both sort of floated when it happened and I truly didn't expect there to be any smoke around this. We're super smart. We are super smart, but, um, also I I know John Mosaic is listening to this podcast right now. Thanks for listening. John. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) get out of here, John. We're the only people to say this, right? Like, can we, can we confirm that we're the only people to have this idea? Yep. Um, bloom, the former, uh, was was it Pobo? Everybody's titles are always so. Was he, he was Pobo? Was I'm he gonna Pobo? Look, I'm gonna the Red Sox. Look it up, Benny. Look it up. He was nope. He was chief baseball officer. Oh, he's okay. A, he's a Cebo. Cebo. Yeah. yeah. What a loser. No, no Pobo over there. More like a. I'm gonna make a po- Poboy joke again, but I did that last time. Yeah, you're crushing it today. Yeah. Um. So. He's been let go by the Red Sox happened a few weeks ago, um, but is generally revered as one of the best minds in baseball. But something obviously didn't work in, in, in Boston, whether it was him or just like the curse of Boston. You know, who knows? But he's still pretty revered in the industry. Um, he's one of the chief architects of why the Rays are what they are and have been for a while. If you're not familiar with his sort of background, he was the author of their book called The Rays Way, which is hilarious. Um so anyway, he's you don't out need there. to be creative to be a uh, Pope. Yeah. Yeah. He's out there floating around and there is real reporting from Derek Gould that the Cardinals and him or the Cardinals have at least expressed interest in bringing him into the organization. Yeah. You know, what role that would be? Who knows? But you would expect it probably to be some uh, like special assistant to the to Mazalak or chief something or another you know like they all just make up titles to fit these guys in there wherever they you know what they're working on with yachty right now too is figuring out what his little title is going to be so he can come in to the team but um the the fact that they're even actually thinking about it and and possibly pursuing it i think is a really really good sign of the cardinals own self uh identification of some of their problems and he is a big reason why the Rays have been so good at developing pitching. And so like, it just seems so obvious, you know, there's probably a lot of people talking to him and that, you know, there may be a team that pulls a Cubs and just is like, you come and be our uh, (laughs) president, even though we have one, you know? So we, who knows? I don't think it's very likely, frankly. Um, but uh, the fact that the discussion is happening is, is really intriguing. I think it's fascinating. I think it's a great idea. Uh, The quote that John Mosellock said in an interview this week was he wants uh, someone from the outside to look in the inside. And I think that is a very concise way of what you and I have been screaming for the last six months. Like, just get some other eyes in here. Get somebody from a different organization. And oh, my God, if they have the raise on their resume. Like, (laughs) yes, let it rip. The reason I think there is some likelihood for it to happen is uh, some of the reporting was reflecting the idea that Bloom wants to spend time with his family this year. He's Mm -hmm. already getting paid by the Red Sox this year because they 
you know, they, they fired him before his right. contract was up. So if he could come in and work some type of part-time role with the Cardinals, evaluate their player evaluation, their player development, and really just act in his advisor to Gersh and Mo, I, I think that that would be worth its weight in gold. Like whatever the dollars that he's asking for, or whatever the commitment looks like, make it work. Cause I think just getting an understanding of how those, uh, how the rays built those pipelines, those databases of information and those player development practices would help the Cardinals jump like 15 years in yeah. six months. I, I think it'd be such a benefit. Set him up with Randy Flores, um, yeah. on the player development side, you know, yeah, and it, it, it seems obvious, right? But again, who knows as far as what his competing interests are, what he wants to do. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited that they're even talking to him. And, and uh, just to speculate wildly, you know, let's say mm-hmm. I, I was very critical of Heim Bloom's tenure as the Red Sox yeah. CBO. Um, and I think, you know, now with 2020 hindsight, I think a lot of that was he messed up the Mookie Betts trade, which he was forced to do um, because of ownership. And I think that John Henry, now that I'm looking at it again, like with time behind it, I think John Henry was the owner of the Red Sox was probably saying, just do the raise here. And in actuality, you would need a lot more time than three or four years to do the raise in Boston. Um, So I think it was just mixed messaging and they didn't know what they wanted to do and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I say all of that to to say, well, Heimblum's a very smart person. He's from the Rays. He's got a great pedigree. What if he comes, works with the Cardinals for a year or two as an advisor, as Mo starts to roll out of the right. job, if he becomes a a, a Kobo or a, a Pobo or a mm-hmm. Vice Roy of baseball chancellor yeah yeah chancellor um you know it's an interesting and and getting somebody outside the organization having gersh stay where he is i don't know who uh, yeah right um an interesting thought though i was thinking the same thing mazalek has expressed interest for several years in a row and it makes you wonder if uh, you know covid and everything hadn't happened like where he would be with the cardinals right now but he is essentially implied that he kind of wants to start heading towards a, a a more like high level, but also reduced role, if that yeah. makes sense, less on the ground. And so um, bringing in a guy like this, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah. It's pretty interesting. The Again, Cardinals did. Oh, sorry. Oh, all I was gonna say, you would think that this is a desirable job and a desirable front office. You would think yeah. it's very attractive for people to come to the Cardinals. Yeah, I would like to think that, uh, you know, one bad year and uh, after a couple years of, you know, making the playoffs, but ultimately like disappointing seasons isn't enough to undo the overall uh, like uh, uh, sort of looking for like posterity or 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 like sheen of the St. Louis Cardinals, one of yeah. the most famous baseball teams and most successful baseball teams of all time. So. Right. Um, and it's just like going to going to work for the Cubs or going to work for the Red Sox. You're like, if you are the one who like heralds in a uh, like a return to form or, or even, you know, knock on wood, a World Series, you're like locked in. Made, to, yeah. 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 So um, certainly seems like it would be desirable. Um, I mean, I'll take the job, Mo. I, I know I, I turned it down last year, but yeah. after after the year we had, I think, you know. I would, I'd be willing to listen again. I want in that fantasy scenario. I wonder like would other teams, like let's say you and I for yeah. whatever we're doing it together, you okay. can be Pobo and I'll be, I'll be GM or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like 
Do You're other fired. teams even pick up the phone when we call them? <laughs> we got you on speaker. First of all, is this a bird or a boy? <laughs> uh, click. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Or they fleece all right. us. They all fleece us, and we look really bad. No, I'd be the smartest one that's ever been. Yep. Um, the Cardinals did make an actual move Yeah. Uh, in the last week. Uh, you want to outline that one for us real quick? I'm a little excited about this move, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Cardinals claimed infielder outfielder Jared Young, uh, who is a 28-year-old, uh, mostly first baseman in his prime. Uh, who kind of came out of nowhere and put up a 147 WRC plus in AAA for the Cubbies in uh, 2023. He uh, has had some uh, power in his past, but really kind of put it all together this year. Uh, he was obviously blocked by Cody Bellinger and uh, Morrell uh, and the other good players that were up there for the Cubbies this year. But the Cardinals acquired him, essentially got him for free. Um, and he is a left-handed hitter, which I think is very fun. Mm-hmm. And could be a compliment with Goldie, uh, could be a compliment, like a kind of utility player, outfield, infield, DH. Um, but he's a lefty with power. And, you know, I, I don't think it makes sense to get too excited about a 28-year-old uh, potential rookie. But, you know, you, you find players like this, or you see players like this every year that kind of find, found some power, maybe found something in the minors and, and break out late. Uh, I think this is uh, should be a fun player to watch in spring and, and kind of see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens pretty regularly. This is the extreme case, but I always think about Nelson Cruz, who hit 399 home runs after his 30th birthday. Nuts pretty wild. That. So yeah. we, we have a tendency to, you know, oh, if they're not 23, uh, then they're not going to be good. And it's like, no, it's obviously that's where most of the like true big time all stars come from is they were really good, really young and made the league. But um you know, we've seen it in Cardinal history, impact players. We we don't need a Hall of Famer, but a Ryan Ludwig for a couple of seasons would be yep. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think that there's a possibility like we and everyone has been calling for of some sort of big package deal where the Cardinals send off multiple current big league roster hitters for a pitcher, you never know. You might need a guy like this or be a little bit more comfortable uh, shipping off some of those guys if you yep. if you have some confidence in in him and if it doesn't work out you know it's fine didn't and cost too much he was a cub so it's nice to rub their faces uh-huh. in a little bit yeah potentially yeah um so yeah it's just you know there's actual on the field moves happening uh which is cool um we're gonna run through uh some of the rumors and just interesting little tidbits that have been coming out around the the cardinals pursuit of pitching um which one you want to go through first here ben yeah i want to talk about well so we talked about uh uh, tyler glass now who who you kind of brought up as a trade candidate and that's been uh in the news more and more recently which uh i really i i more i think about it the more i think it's a good idea i wish Thank you. Um, you know, maybe it's a thing where they extend him one year. Uh, mm-hmm. The Cardinals need a, a solution longer than that. But I do think, you know, he's a top of the rotation type guy and and a lot of fun. And hey, what if we brought a glass now and Snell back together? Um, wow. Strikeout city, you know, yeah. and, and old Braves days would be a lot of fun. And um, I was wrong last week, though. I said 25 million of his for his his salary. It's actually 20. And it's not that that's a huge amount, but yeah. it 
I mean, it's not nothing, right? It's pro- so. Probably more than the Rays want to pay. Yeah, right. Um, so uh, recently, they've also been connected to somebody that who you name dropped earlier, Dylan Cease, uh, mm-hmm. and Logan Gilbert, who is somebody that you and I have been talking about for five months or so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really, any I, of those um, Seattle guys. But yes. I, I think, like, I, I know you you kind of expressed some concerns about Dylan Cease. I really like the breaking ball. Yeah. I was looking into some of the numbers. His breaking ball was uh, his slider was one of the best in baseball last year. And it was his fastball that took a step back. And that's kind of what led to some his lack of success and lack of winning a Cy Young. And uh, that, to me, feels like something that can be fixed. I also have such little faith in the White Sox ability to run a team. It wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me if they just kind of like the wheels just kind of started to fall off and maybe this was one of the casualties. I'm not saying he's going to come to the Cardinals and instantly win another Cy Young, um, but him instantly improving at least, you know, to a a couple percentage points would not be very shocking to me. All that being said, if all things are equal out of those three names, I would love to have Logan Gilbert be a member of the Cardinals. Well, you get a lot with Gilbert um, cost control, um, you know, he's young up and coming, whereas Glasnow and Cease, you're, you're trying to catch, you know, some, some success, but also some, some struggles at the major league level. I do want to, I, I was just looking at, uh, Cease a little bit more and, you know, to be fair to, to Cease is a 3.7 F4 last year would have been the would have made him the most valuable player on the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> so when yeah. I say like, you know, I have some concerns like, my concerns stem from a couple things. One, his uh, strikeout rate has decreased every year uh, since 2021, and his walk rate has increased every year since 2021. And you know he's he's not getting any younger, right? Um, and it, it's he, there's not a lot of time left on his contract, so like I'd be worried about like overpaying and catching a, a falling knife, so to speak. But even if he repeated last year, again, he would have been the most. Uh, yeah. viable Cardinal on the team. So you could do a lot worse than Dylan Cease. Don't get me wrong. But I do have a little bit of concern about the wheels falling yeah. off and his his control just completely bottoming, bottoming out. So so of those three pitchers, we have Logan Gilbert, I think, is the obvious number one. If you can get him, please get him. He's probably yeah. a future ace for a while. Would you prefer the Cardinals get glass now or cease after that? Who's your second ranked player there? I think I'd rather take Glass now, who I feel reasonably comfortable saying if he's pitching, he is elite um, and rolling the dice on that rather than Cease, who, again, I have some concerns about um, like decrease in quality. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But again, I would be uh, well, we're going to say this all offseason. We'd be happy with any of these guys. But if I'm picking, I think Gilbert, Glass now, Cease. And it seems like, you know, when you have three names out like that and three different teams in three very different spots, divisionally, uh, competitively, so on and so forth, it really feels like the Cardinals can make this or what I mean to say is though three starting pitcher conversation is Mm -hmm. feeling a little more attainable to me. If these are the caliber of players that we're talking about getting in trade, um, to kind of piggyback off that the, the sunny gray chatter, I feel like is is increasing, increasing. I almost feel like a sunny gray deal is going to happen any minute. Uh, mm-hmm. The Cardinals have communicated that they want to make at least a deal for a starting pitcher uh, quickly in the offseason, yes. which has began. Um, th- his projected salary, this is just an article, a great article that was on MLB Trade Rumors. 
Um, and again, it's just projected. This is a totally total guess in the dark. Four years, 90 million, Sonny Gray. He would be, that'd be his age 34 through 38 season. Um, Cy Young candidate this year. What are your thoughts on that deal and the Cardinals spending that kind of money? Uh, I mean, just at first glance, 490 feels great, right? Yeah. Under $100 million for a Cy Young candidate. Um, you know, th- it's, it's, these are, these are all so difficult to evaluate in their own bubble because, like, I'm going to be generally happy with almost anything that they do if it involves <laughs> yeah, getting right. a major league starter on this team. It's more like, how does it fit into the broader context of the, um, of the overall moves from that off season, you know? So, um, that puts it at a 22 and a half AAV, which is pretty good, you know? And they like, there's a whole lot going on right now around, around Cardinal projected budget, but generally speaking, everyone's expecting the Cardinals to have roughly a 50 to $60 million, like, uh, of 50 to $60 million of space in their budget to spend right now. Yeah. So if you do a sunny gray, you're, you know, you're spending about half of that, but it's Sonny Gray. And, and now you've got him. And let's paint the world where, you know, obviously just a lot of projection and guessing. Let's paint the world where they get a Glass Now, a Cease, or a Gilbert. They sign Sonny Gray, and then they go spend the rest of that bag on Blake Snell, Aaron mm-hmm. Nola. Uh, Yamamoto just seems like his price is going up and up. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. But we'll, we'll just say Nola and Snell for this conversation right now. Are you happy with what the Cardinals have done? You know, when we're sitting in April with those three pitchers, is that enough? Uh, honestly, to me that feel, maybe I'm, I'm jaded, but to me that feels like best case scenario. Oh, is, I, I agree. But yeah. like, I, I think that there is, there's a, re- a real world possibility like that is not out of the Cardinals budget. Yeah, they have the player capital to trade for one of those players. They have the budget to acquire those two parts. Like, I'm not yeah. totally I don't have like a tinfoil hat on right now. Right. At least I don't think I do. That's why I say that's base, best case scenario. Yeah. Because obviously true best case scenario is, oh, go get Yamamoto, Snell and Nola. Yeah. You know, and, rip. But, but I, I'm not. But like, I think best case scenario with with a with a hat of general realism on is uh it's like yeah snell or nola although i think nola is gonna be more expensive than snell for some of the reasons you've explained already too and then gray and then trading for one guy i think is would not only be like best case scenario but would be a fundamental change to this team and would be a hell of a fun off season as well that press conference yeah i'd be floating well, that's what a lot of people are debating right now, because I'd actually be very surprised if they pull the trigger on spending that type of money. Because if we say it's near 30 for a NOLA and then 22 for a uh, for a gray um, and then, you know, whatever you're adding in from if it's cease, you know, you're you're still adding in several million dollars in the glass. Now it's several million, depending on yeah. what you you know, so you're basically spending your entire cap on that. I think that that is unlikely. You know, so there's a discussion of do you go super high end and get like Yamamoto or 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 Nola and then like two of like a Mali and Awaka. a Waka or do you do like Gray's at the top, but everybody right around him is almost is is around the same as Gray. Yeah. Know? And it seems to me like that's the more likely thing. Although I do love all the the newt bar. Uh, love fest around Yamamoto and 
the posting is only 45 days. Yamamoto will pretty much be decided like in the next month and a half, yeah. one way or another. So we will know that answer. And it would fit in. Cardinal say they want to get something done early. You got to yeah. get it done early with Yamamoto. Why not? But I would, I would be so excited yeah. well, about what that. Would you, what would you rather have? Would you rather they do the uh, the high end, like top top, and then a bunch of like low mid? Or would you rather have like a whole bunch of like top mid, if that makes sense? I, I think the Cardinals are desperate for an ace. I, I think yeah. that, you know, we watched all of these teams in the playoffs. All of them had at least one guy at the tippity top of that rotation. Um, so I would fulfill that. And then if you can get a couple of middling guys, and um, I do believe, and now I don't want Mosaic to say this, but I can say this. I do believe that one of our young starting pitchers is going to uh, break out this or next year, uh, 24 yeah. or 25. I, I, it could be Zach Thompson. It could be Tinkens. It could be, I think one of them will have to work out. Just the odds are in our favor. Um, but I, I think know. if you're getting what, a, we if, haven't developed an ace in 15 years. It just, it's got to happen now. Maybe. Uh, no, that's <laughs> what, that's a, uh, a ga- gambler's fallacy or whatever. Yeah, um, no, but really what yeah. I, I think my desired outcome would be a, a Yamamoto, a Nola, and then a trade for a high end guy, a, uh, having a Logan Gilbert and a Yamamoto or a Logan Gilbert and an Aaron Nola. I really think you need the two high end guys and then we'll mix match gamble, beg, borrow and steal for the other three yeah. guys. We'll figure it out. Um, but I think that, I, I feel like I was smacked in the face of that's what successful teams are doing right now, especially looking mm-hmm. at every playoff team. Um, like you, you just go yeah. down the list. They all have those top two guys. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there's the other, we talked about this a little bit last week and we'll continue all off season, but the other, uh, out, the other way you handle this is you, you fill up your front end, your, your rotation with a bunch of these middle guys, and then you spend a chunk of this change yep. on bullpen, shorten your need for elite starting pitching, uh, which we've t- seen teams be successful at. Um, not that you're not even in that far uh, history. Right. And so there is some reporting that the Cardinals are potentially interested in an elite closer, which I don't know. Josh Hader obviously hey. is out there. Um, but there's a number of guys out there that you know would, would come in and make the bullpen better. I think we talked about this a little bit last week, but with more and more reporting, how do you feel about the Cardinals committing? If we've got 50, 60 million or so to spare, how do you feel about throwing 20 of that towards a ace level relief pitcher? I mean, I think it'd be a lot of fun to watch Josh Hader, you know, 60 times a year. Uh, He's elite. He is so fun to watch his style, his hair, everything. He's much must watch TV. I don't think it's the best allocation of resources for the Cardinals. And it really just comes down to innings pitch. Um, I I do think that the Cardinals have um, options in the back end of the bullpen. I think it's more uh, like raising the the general level of the (laughs) bullpen rather than necessarily like the, I view the bullpen in the rotation oppositely. Like, that we need high end talent in the rotation that doesn't exist. We have a lot of four and five guys there. I think the the bullpen is pretty solid, and I also think that you can augment the bullpen in a serious way without spending a hundred million dollars on yeah. Josh Hader. I, I have here on the outline a, a guy named Robert Stevenson, um, who I think is somebody that's could be a, a fascinating pickup for the Cardinals 
He's a, a guy in his mid thirties. He just, he got traded from the pirates to the Rays this year. Guess what? The Rays fixed him, And now mm-hmm. he's a free agent. He, uh, he's a right-handed pitcher. He essentially just changed his slider into a cutter. Uh, it br- breaks a little bit less and he throws it a little harder now. Um, and the guy went on to have an amazing 30 innings or so with the Rays. That's the kind of bet that I think that the Cardinals should make in the bullpen. Full stop. If they go get Josh Hader, I'm going to be really happy about that. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah, Yeah. I I think I agree. And another note I would add is that um, we give a lot of shit to the Cardinals for their pitching development. But the one thing they seem to be relatively consistently able to do is produce uh, bullpen arms. I know the bullpen started to fall apart in 23, but I think that's more about the starting rotation falling apart and then the bullpen having to do all of the work. But like the Cardinals have been able to bring up and pump out some of these guys that are throw good innings. And I'd yeah. rather gamble on Vilking or Zuniga or, you know, Helsley and Gallegos and, and Jojo and Jojo and Palante, who's apparently working on a new pitch. Like there's just the a lot death of ball. He's working on ball. the death ball. <laughs> yeah, I know. Made me think, did you ever play uh we talked about video games earlier? Did you ever play mutant league football? Did on- not. I know what it is, but I, yeah. I did not. I had it on Sega. I'm kind of surprised we never, you never played it with me as kids, but um, I think I like let a friend borrow it and then they like moved or something. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's the nineties and you're like, well, we're moving. And yep. uh, anyway, so uh, gone forever. They're actually, they, they released a newer version of it. That's on Xbox game pass that I've been meaning to pick out. But like, it was notable because you could, if you tackled someone like too hard, they would die. They would explode. <laughs> and then they're just not on the team for the rest of the game. And if you, you could like kill enough <sighs> of the players that they were actually playing like short, you That's know, awesome. it was awesome. Uh, and you'd throw like, there was a trick play where you'd replace the football with like a bomb and, and you know, you'd, whoever caught it would explode. So you'd like yeah. throw purposeful interceptions and stuff. So like wild coyote is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Bolante is working on some sort of like, that's not a pitch. It's a hand grenade. You know? um, but anyway, Death there's like ball. we actually have names. A bunch of those names I just listed are either have been or have the potential to be like elite uh, relievers. And we just don't have that at all in the starting rotation, right. like he said. So spend the money where we know we need it. And yeah, I like Stevenson. Um, was it Brazier from the Dodgers? He they, they kind of fixed him. Um, he's yeah. like 36 years old, you know, the bullpen, you can, you're, you're looking for 50, 60 innings. You can find these guys all over the place. And generally yep. speaking, the teams that are the best, they're not paying for bullpen arms either. They're going out and getting them from the, the, the scrap heap here, or you do what the, the Rangers did is there's always good relief pitching available at the trade deadline. You don't like to rely on that, but if you can more reasonably go into a trade deadline saying we need bullpen help. That's like a super manageable situation yeah. that is constant. Right. It, and you're not going to easiest way. Your, the yeah. easiest way to impact your team immediately. Yeah. And there's always good arms available. And the cost has, has leveled out a lot over the years where you're not going and dumping your top prospects for, for, you know, two months of a reliever. So Glaber Torres for Aroldis <laughs> Chapman for <laughs> yeah eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. Anything else you want to talk about, uh, uh, with the Cardinals upcoming strategies? No, I think, you know, I, I'm just excited to see Mo pull the trigger on something. It, it really feels like we'll, we'll have some, some, uh, blockbuster news, uh, soon, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited. 
Yeah, same. So uh, we're going to talk about some of the other things that have happened around the league and and the and the World Series coming to a conclusion here in a minute. But before we do that, we want to remind everybody that this show is listener supported on Patreon. If you've enjoyed the show, have been with us, and want to stick with us. Show your support for the time and effort that goes into it and join a fun little community. Consider joining the Bird Scored at patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, patrons of any level get access to our private Discord server. It's a great place. Been a lot of chatter lately. And I think a good place to take all the news that's happening right now and sort of filter it into uh, more reasonable takes and uh, get some good insight about what's happening. So patreon.com slash talking about birds. We've also released shirts. They're cool and they're fun. You can find uh, them on our website. And if you uh, want to support us in another way, consider leaving a, a, a review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps in a lot of different ways and only takes like a minute or two. So just I, you're driving, just pull your phone out, look down and start Take leaving off your a seatbelt. <laughs> Take off your seatbelt and start leaving us a review. Um, Ben, where can people find us online elsewhere? I just realized I was just encouraging our listener listenership to get smaller by them taking off their seatbelts. <laughs> Don't do that. Drive safely. Drive safe. Be be okay out there. Um, yeah, uh, follow us on Twitter at Talk About Birds. We are on Instagram at Talking About Birds. Uh, we are on Spotify. You can listen, review, share us on Spotify if you prefer to listen to your podcast. There, we got a TikTok. Check us out on TikTok. Um, any thoughts or questions you might have for us or, or how, how do I get this shirt? Everyone's talking about, Oh wow. my God, this shirt. How yeah. do I join this Patreon? Oh my goodness. Wow. Talk about birds at gmail.com. Email us at talk about birds at gmail.com. You can find all of that information at talking about birds.com. Talking about birds.com. All right, Hambone, you're uh, your Texas Rangers. <laughs> yeah. The World Series champions. It's over. It's over. The it's 2023 over. season has concluded, and uh, they did it. Who cares? Uh, yep, it's over. Uh, ultimately, kind of a disappointing World Series, unless you're a, a Texas Rangers fan. I we we both really thought the Diamondbacks were going to put up more of a fight, um, and I think we said it last week after those first two games. I was feeling pretty good about the Diamondbacks' yeah. chances, and then. Uh, it all just fell apart in game three yeah. and they, and the Rangers never looked back clearly the better team, you yeah. know, so the better team won and they won pretty handedly. Um, but good for the diamondbacks, you know, it was fun. Uh, they were a good yeah. team, but it was kind of a clunker of a world series. That's the only thing I'm really disappointed. I think I said earlier, I, I was excited to see, I, I, I think I claimed Rangers team of destiny a while back. Like you did, they just had that, um, they were just going to win. That's just how yeah. it felt to me. I did not think that they were going to win so easily. Um, but yeah, it was fun to see Zach Allen. He he really pulled a, a really great yeah. start out when it really counted. Um, and the the Diamondbacks uh, are, are just like a player or two away. I, I, I think they were going to be one of the more exciting teams to watch in this offseason. Maybe they bring back a J.D. Martinez to be a big right-handed bat. Yeah. Maybe they go get one of these pitchers. Maybe they get a Jordan Montgomery. Um, to kind of come in and supplement their their rotation. They have a, a bullpen that has uh, a lot of uh, uh, talent in it, and they have a young player group that I think could be a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, you know, Christian Walker um, didn't really perform that well during the World Series. He had a couple of errors. We, we talked about this. He's the best 
first baseman defensively in baseball by like a like, wide margin by a mile. It's and insane. he was booting the ball in the world yeah. series. They were just, you know, whether the pressure got to him, if they were having a bad week, if you know, whatever it could yeah. be, baseball's hard and, uh, and random and, um, you know, things just don't always fall yeah. your way. Uh, but I think that they are a team that is that their arrow is pointed straight up there. They, yeah. they, they should be really exciting. And then on the other end, um, man, look out for these Rangers. They're good. Most of that team is coming back next yeah. year. And I have a distinct feeling that they're about to spend a lot of money too. Yeah. Um, I mean, at this point you won a world series, your core is there. You've got big pockets. They're bigger now because you just won a world series. You arguably free agent or pitching is still your, your problem. And we got a massive free agent pitching class right in front of us. So, so I want to make uh, a, a prediction really early for the Rangers. If, if okay. this is okay. Yeah. I think Clayton Kershaw proceed. Clayton Kershaw is getting surgery right now. Yeah. Uh, and if he comes back healthy, he's going to sign. He's going to come back to baseball and, and play. I think that he is going to sign with the Rangers and the Rangers are going to go into the playoffs with a healthy Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, and Jacob Degrom headlining that rotation. Oh my god! Well, Degrom, I guess, could make it back He'll, in time for the playoffs so I, next year, right? I looked it up. Yeah. He'll be back like the last two months, last okay. like eight six weeks yeah. of next year's season. Let's say the Clayton Kershaw gets a slow start. Max Scherzer should be healthy. You have three Hall of Famers frontlining that rotation with the offense that they have. I don't know. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I kind of want it to happen just for the the story. Um, but that's yeah. that's my prediction. Clayton's a he's a Dallas guy. He'd be going back home. Um, we'll we'll see. But that's well, that's my I early mean, prediction. Signing often injured future Hall of Famers has been working out really well for everyone recently. <laughs> right? so, yeah. so you might as well pile it on. Now, I mean, that would be fun. I mean, that's terrifying. Yeah, it is. Kershaw is my like yeah, secret the one that I think out of all the players that I want the Cardinals to sign oh, Kershaw is like so my number fun. one but yeah I, it's I just don't think it's gonna happen but he's definitely it's actually more intriguing now that he's basically taking off the first half of the season and will be yeah. coming in you just see like you know the smoke fill in the <laughs> the the room and he like enters into the stadium for his first start you know it's just it's it's a really good storyline for a guy who is like considering retiring anyway yeah you know, um, to come in at the end of a season and help a team with a playoff run. That said, he's like, besides being one of the greatest pitchers of all time, the other storyline about him is that he's a terrible playoff pitcher. So I don't know if it's like, you know, it's not exactly the perfect story, you know, no. but, but it, still, it is, Kershaw. it is still, I have such a, and I know I'm a Cardinals fan and I should be like, yeah, Clayton Kershaw sucks in the playoffs. We crush yeah. him every time. It is just, my brain cannot, fully wrap my head around the best pitcher, one of the best pitchers of all time, the one mm -hmm. of the best pitchers of this generation, uh, assuredly, and uh, one of the best pitchers of all time on an inning printing basis is somehow all of a sudden just not good in the playoffs. That does not make sense to me. I, I don't buy that narrative because he is Clayton Kershaw. He led the league in ERA so many times. He just too good. I know, um, but it, I mean, but at the same time, it's like the stats are getting out of small sample size. I know he's I got, just, I, yeah, listen to this, man. He's got 194 innings pitched yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. So a full season, right? With a 4.49 ERA. 
which is like double his career ERA. It's right. wild. I, I, I don't, you know, the, I think the more, the more logical explanation of it is that he just wears down over a season yeah. and he's been injury prone or, or dealt with injuries basically his entire career. And it has nothing to do with being like scared or whatever, yeah. you know, it's no narrative stuff. It's just that by time he gets to, uh, October, his body is breaking down and he's just slightly less effective. And because it's the playoffs and you're only pitching against amped up, uh, good teams, you know, it, yeah, your, your margin for error is far lower. There, um, it's hard. To, like you said, the sample size is getting large and everything. And it's, it's, it's happening, uh, over and over again. Yeah. It, my, I get it. I hear those numbers. It just does not yeah. make sense to I me. Know. That's why I'm trying to think what is the actual like logic and it's the in, it's the like it's his body he's just like you know in the playoffs he's like 10% less effective than yeah. standard standard Kershaw and you're going against the best teams in baseball. I do know? wonder like cuz he whenever he's asked this question he's like oh you know I just got to put my head down and try hard and blah 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 prepare more or whatever it is. I do wonder what he would say if you could, maybe after he retires he'll yeah. be a little more uh, he'll talk about it a little more directly, but yeah, like, oh, I was just scared. <laughs> <laughs> I was just always so scary. Yeah, I mean, October is scary. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's ghosts and skeletons, I get it, yeah. and but he's Clayton Kershaw. It's Clayton Kershaw. It blows my mind. Yeah, I don't get it. So, congratulations, Texas Rangers. Um, you did it. Jordan Montgomery got a ring. Um, your favorite ex-president George W. Bush got to celebrate <laughs> big Bush. Yeah. Yeah. Big Bush, yeah. 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 Um, let's talk of there's, there's been a lot of, uh, it's been a rough week for managers for oh my God, for managers in the MLB. So let's get into some league news. Now that, uh, you know, the season is over and free agencies open teams are also adjusting their, their, their managerial staff, their front yeah. office staff. And some of it's been pretty obvious, but there's been a couple things that have been pretty surprising as well. How do you want to go through this? I, the only way to start this is to talk about Craig Council. Uh, yeah. We were talking, uh, I think this podcast officially predicted that he was going to be the Mets manager because of the David Stearns connection. Yeah. Um, I think it was also likely he was going back to the Brewers. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of teams that could use. The, the Astros would have been a, a slam dunk. Um, but <laughs> the Cubs have gone completely unhinged. And I think, well, I have two things. I have, I have many things to say right now. I'm a little, I'm a little fired up about this whole thing, but the news is that the Cubs hire Craig Consul as manager. He is going to be making $40 million over the next five years, $8 million per year. They fire David Ross and they make Craig Consul the highest paid manager in the history of the sport by mm -hmm. a couple million dollars. Um, they blew everybody out of the water. The Brewers were reportedly offering him $5 million a year. The Mets reportedly were around 6.5. Um, I think more of this will come out. Um, I find it fascinating for several reasons. First off, I think the Brewers kind of shat the bet on this one. Yep. Um, <laughs> full stop. <laughs> I think the Cubs are kind of insane for what they did to old man Ross. In the yeah. sense that he's been there during the quote unquote rebuild or whatever has been going on here. And he took that. He allowed that team. He was driving that team when they took a massive leap forward, arguably a year early than I think everybody yeah. else thought that, you know, that the Cubs were on. And 
was doing a fine job, is well-liked, handles the media well, presumably handles the clubhouse well, and like I said, had a successful year. Now, they did underperform their Pythag by quite a bit last year. Maybe they're blaming Ross for that. But for the Cubs to handle it this way, a higher fire situation is completely insane. And for it to be that dollar amount is completely insane. Yeah. Well, it it is funny, too. We've talked about it several times already, but like the dollar amounts in this world are so much lower than what we're used to talking about in in baseball contract sense. But still, like record setting contract out of nowhere is is notable. It's wild. And and. You know, you you said a lot of good things about uh, David Ross. It serves, all those things seem to be true, unless your name is Wilson Contreras. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I did uh, see this. Who um, posted? I think he said about time he on did. an Instagram post that was saying uh, David Ross has been fired, and uh, Wilson Contreras was both his teammate and played for him as yep. a member of the of the Chicago Cubs. So arguably one of the like most likely to know him types of people. And uh, I don't know what what he was on. Well, you know, he was really on one when he decided to post about time. They, it then was deleted. Um, but it's pretty funny. Uh, they ran a pitching staff and were catching with each other as a yeah. as a backup. Like if you remember, yeah. old man Ross was pretty much just John Lester's catcher. It was kind of yeah. like a a private catcher type uh, deal. So so they were lock and step for years. Yeah, it's very so strange. Funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's wild. And the way it happened too, like there was reporting, you know, it's like, uh, uh, council's expected to make his decision in the next couple hours between the Mets and the Brewers. And then like Boom. 20 minutes later, the Cubs have signed, uh, <laughs> Craig council, but it, you know, it's crazy, but also uh, you got to kind of respect it, right? Like he's oh, absolutely. arguably the, the best manager out there. They want to win. They've got the money. Like. You know, it sucks to to hurt, injure like a relationship that you've had. But at the end of the day, your it's guy. sports and you're trying yeah. to win, you know, and it's like I think we all wish the Cardinals would kind of do stuff like this a little bit more, too. Yeah. Um. You know, we kind of saw it with Schilt, but it's totally different. Um. But like just saying, like, sorry about the narrative. Sorry about the the history. Like, this is the best player. Let's just go. Right. Or this is the best decision. Let's not worry about the like narrative side of it and let's just do the best thing. And yeah. it, I think it's good for him. I mean, I, I hate it cause it's the Cubs and it, it's really going to suck for Cardinals fans. Yeah. And there's going to, there's reporting oh, that the Cubs are, are, are planning to spend big. Otani is apparently like on the, you know, so uh, which I think that this signing is signaling yeah. that really loudly. Like and we they are, we're getting our guy. And now yeah. we are going to we are going to bolster this existing team with talent, and we are pushing in. We are the Chicago Cubs. We're a big deal. Here, you know, here we come. I think. So I think that's coming, and it wouldn't surprise me if Yamamoto. Wouldn't surprise me if Otani. I think that they are really. I, yeah. I think they're going to get to that two hundred million dollar plus payroll, and they're going to flex their Chicago Cubs muscle here this off season and, and it's, it's not going to be great for Cardinals fans. I think another thing that it kind of tells me is that the, I wonder if this is the first leaf to fall as far as like, you know, last off season, we saw the high end shortstops. If you're a high end player, you are going to get really, really paid. It's going to cost a lot of money to acquire you. If you're a, if you're in the middle class of player, 
it, you're getting the contracts aren't even in the same world. Right. And I, th- yeah. I want like, I wonder if this is the first leaf to fall for that version of managers. It, mm-hmm. it, if you know what I'm saying, like yeah. he's widely regarded as the best one. He is going to get paid an elite salary for an elite manager. And that this is kind of be how it's going to go from now on. Like maybe yeah. uh, uh, Snitker is the next, or I, I don't know who's the second, maybe Schumacher is the next highly paid mm-hmm. manager, but there's going to be this kind of like haves and have nots and different classes of baseball managers. And the la- I, I'm just so fascinated by this deal. The last thing that I want to talk about here is like, what are the Cubs evaluating? I would love to know how, like, is Craig Console like a five-win player for the Cubs? Is like, how are they valuing yeah, what he's bringing? That? How do they determine eight million bucks? How do they determine he's the guy? Like, it's just yeah. crazy to me. I'd love to know what's going on in there. Because there's there's always so much. One of the reasons they're they're lower paid is that like there is a narrative of like, well, the manager only does so much. They're right. people, they're people managers at the end of the day, right? And so like they're not on the field. They're not impacting the game. Like, yeah, they're doing bullpen management, but like so much of that is determined outside of their control at this point. Anyway, like they are the, they're the face and the voice of the team. And that's about it. Um, and so you hear that a lot, especially you hear that when you have like a mediocre to bad manager, everyone's like, ah, don't worry about it. It's not the manager. It's the player on the field. Yeah. But now the Cubs are saying like, like at least with council for whatever reasons, like, no, it's, like it is worth going out and getting into a bidding war for this specific guy. Yeah. On on top of what we're going to still have to pay David Ross and <laughs> the potential like you know warm fuzzies hit of firing your franchise icon. Yeah. You know, which I don't think they're pro- probably most Cubs fans are okay with this, you know. You I would think. It, yeah, but like still it it is part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I also like I'm again, I'm just so fascinated with this move. Does having Craig console council as your manager, make it easier to acquire high end talent that you might be trying to acquire this off season? Yeah. Is that make it easier to bring Shohei Otani? If you know, you have Craig console there. Is that, is that part seems of like that? a great, it seems like a nice dude. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's also interesting that like, cause what, yeah. How do you value him? Because obviously the brewers have been good for a few years now. Um, but they also have like, really good players and like they're just a good upper middle team you know with two of the best they've had an elite pitching staff for several years in a row now that's basically carried them like what is he doing on the ground that you can see and that you can measure enough to say that like he was so good we have to do this that he was just walking around mlb saying who wants me who wants to throw the most cash at me i wonder even how much he was interviewing like yeah it re- like i can't remember a manager being hired in this way right yeah it's it's wild yeah and it's not yeah. like he went and won a world series with a team that never you know that it's like tori lavello would be you would think would be more like oh my god tori <laughs> yeah. lavello you know he just took an 84 win team to the world series you yeah know? it's uh, wild yeah but I will I say know. Cardinals fans should be uh, unhappy about this. Yeah. This, is, well, this the, is not good. Yeah. The Chicago Cubs are a big market team who are willing to spend and have a have a great base. Although they did lose uh, Bellinger, who was a big part of that team. And I don't who, know that he's going to be a Cub again. They so. might bring back. Who knows? They might. Yeah. He might get a lot of money. I'm very curious to see where he signs and Yankees. how much. 
It's my I, guess. I, I'm, I'm guessing Giants. I think the Giants mm-hmm. are going to flex some muscle this offseason. Yeah. Because yeah. they have they were so boring and stupid last year. <laughs> boring yeah. and stupid. Boring and stupid. Um, all right. Moving on. You said his name. Tori Lavolo, uh, after his World Series loss, taking the L. L- loser. Gets signed through 2026. Good for him. I think that, that makes all the sense in the world. Like mm-hmm. I said, I, I think they're on a upward trajectory and probably a, a great, great idea to keep him in the fold. Yeah, agree. Um, There's a lot of these, these next ones you're going to run through. It's all like, yeah, yeah, they're all fine. They all kind of make sense. Yeah. The uh, Mets after losing out on council, uh, they signed uh Yankees uh, bench coach, Carlos Mendoza as their manager. Um, he's kind of like a baseball lifer guy, probably a good signing, not, not a household name by any means, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I really think that David Stearns is running that ship and Carlos yeah. Mendoza is going to execute the David Stearns plan. But uh, right. yeah, anyways, good signing. Uh, as we know, uh, Terry Francona retired. The Guardians have hired Stephen Vogt as a manager, which is something I, I think is really exciting. I think Stephen Vogt has one of my favorite major league personalities of the last <laughs> like 10 years or so. I think he's really funny, really interesting, thoughtful guy. Um, and you know, backup catchers becoming managers is a, is a great pipeline. So I, I think this is probably a solid signing, um, and, and kind of fun. Yeah. It's like thick white dude who used to be a catcher is the like prototype for a big league manager. Yep. <laughs> sure is. Um, the Marlins have officially hired former Rays GM, Peter Bendix as their new Pobo. We were kind of talking about this after they fired Kim Ng. How desirable of a position is this? Um, yeah. And then the Ray, uh, the Marlins kind of go out and get one of the best, you know, people to to hand that job to Peter Bendix, who is he's been with the Rays, I think, since 2009 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so smart move. Um, I'm guessing they're going to ask him to raise it. Mm-hmm. That everybody seems, is that's all that's yeah. all that people do now is hey can you raise this well which is funny because what you should really be saying is can you dodgers or astros this right but what every organization really wants is for you to make a championship level team without spending any money right because the rays and the astros are just or sorry the astros and the dodgers are just the rays with double the budget right you know and so the Marlins are like, yeah, the Red Sox, even though they have an infinite pool of money, and they're like, <laughs> do what the Rays are doing so we can only spend $60 million and, and go to the World Series. Yeah. You know? So it, Which, it's actually kind of like, I don't want to be like cynical here, but it is, it is, it is a little like, you know, like it's insane. Yeah. 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 I, I want my cake and I want to eat it too. Yeah. The thing exactly. that drives me nuts about the Marlins, and I know they don't draw very well, but it's a massive media market. Mm-hmm. And their salary, their their salary in the books for next year is sixty million dollars, yeah. which puts them in line with the the Guardians and the Royals. Um well, and I, I think th- they I, I think they screwed themselves a little bit, but with some good intention back when they built the new stadium and signed all those super high dollar players to sort of like kickstart the Miami Marlins, like the Miami. Yeah. Like we are the, the team of Miami, you know, they, they got like a bunch of Cuban players and stuff like that. And, um, Ozzy Guillen came in. Yeah. And it was supposed to be this big, like flashy team to match the culture of, 
of Miami. And um, the reality is that like sports teams are built over years or if yeah. not decades and fan bases are built over decades. And like, yeah, you might be able to attract some people to opening day when you do something big and flashy, but you need sustained success in order right. to like actually have a, and, and that's where there's bad is they, they're constantly tearing down their team and rebuilding. And, and so that there's no, like when you're in Miami, like I, there's, a thousand other things that I'd rather do than go <laughs> right. watch like the new version of the Marlins. You know what? Yeah. Like who like Jorge Soler is not a household name, right? Yeah. There. Uh, so we'll see what happens there, but probably a good signing, even though their process yeah. is uh, stupid. And the Cardinals um, should get bloom and ing as advisors in the, uh, give them the keys. Yeah. Yep. Uh, final piece of news. Joey Votto has officially become a free agent, um, which is, uh, I get love him Votto. Mo. Get him Mo. I don't think that's going to happen. I <laughs> do think he is going to sign with the Blue Jays. Yeah. He's going to go back home, Canadian. Yeah. Go back north. He's going to kind of take the Brandon they get Belt a 10% role. discount if they sign him. He's <laughs> Canadian. I think that's I think how so. that works. Also, the, yeah. the loons are, are worthless. So yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some finagling yeah. in there financially. Uh huh. But, uh, yeah. All right. That's all I got for league news. All right, we're going to wrap this up with another dumb game. We're returning to a relatively new game. We've been talking a lot about uh, salaries here. And uh, so we're going to talk about salaries and cardinal contracts a lot this offseason, more than we already have. So we're returning to a newer game that I called Yeah, Income, You Lose Some. <laughs> and so last I, time I you had blew a, chunks on this one. You last did. Time. But with this one, I think will be a little bit easier. The, but the I heard scored was not nice to me for my, <laughs> my performance. Well, what do you say? Stan, Stan usual made like twelve million dollars, which I think was enough money that would have made him like president at that time, let yeah. alone. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying the bird scored was wrong for making fun of me. I'm just no. pointing out that my feelings were hurt. Yeah. I think that was their goal and uh, <laughs> target acquired <laughs> target hit. All right. So um, I was just thinking like, so it, it sure seems like we're going to see uh, a, a, a new high as far as Cardinal contracts go. Yeah. Right. A very reserved team. Now, maybe not. Maybe if gray is the biggest guy, 90 million, you know, but it certainly seems like there's going to be a, a new record setting contract from the Cardinals this offseason. So I started thinking, well, what are the biggest contracts the Cardinals have ever given out? Yeah. And so I've got in front of me the top 10 crap okay. uh, all time Cardinal contracts. Now, this actually is including extensions, which I did. Okay. I do think makes it a little bit easier for you. Yeah. Um, but this is like, what's the biggest chunk of change the Cardinals have given out yeah. at a single time to a player? So we're looking at total lifetime value of the contract and the player. So um you get you know if you get the name and then if you can get the terms of the contract. Yeah. So like to to make sure I understand this properly, like Yadier Molina was a cardinal for a thousand years. Are we talking about one of those deals that he signed or his entire yes. career? Okay. Individual contracts. Okay. So one of those deals that he signed. And, All right. And I have this stack ranked again by that dollar value at the end. Okay. So um what are the top ten? You're just gonna guess. Um, three, three wrongs and you're out and I'll go through the list. Um, but as far as wrong going being just, if you guess someone who's not on the list at all, I'm not yeah. expecting you to necessarily get all the dollar amounts exactly right. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to get those right. But I, the good news for me is that most of these are going to be pretty recent, which Correct. helps my brain out. Um, yes. so I'm going to go, uh, I think Matt holiday is probably number one with a bullet. Uh, if I had to guess. 
Well, Matt Holiday is on there, but he's actually number two. Number two. So do you remember the terms of his contract? Uh, it was like, oh, crap. It was like seven years. He was making, he was seven years and he was making 17 a year, I think. So what, what is that? That puts him, what is that, around 100 million or, or no, more than that? One. Yeah. So you're, you're pretty much right. So it's seven, 120. 120. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one. That was, oh, what a good day. I thought yes. with yes. Boris being his, his agent, I was like, it's not going to happen. Man, and I, we were, yeah. And he was so good in 2009 and then yeah. let it go to free agency. And we were all so worried. And, uh, yeah. I love Matt holiday. Same. Uh, all right, so all right. that was number two. So I, I'm guessing, I don't remember the terms of this, but I do remember it was, it was a pretty chonky extension. I'm going to guess that number one is actually Albert Pujols's extension during his rookie contract. Um, Albert Pujols is number three. Damn it. Okay. So right behind Matt Holiday. And these are all really close. Um, do you remember Pujols' numbers? I, I don't. I think it was like 160, something like that. I can't remember how many years, but I really can't remember it. No. It was 7-100. Wow, $100 million a, dollar extension. What a good deal that was. Yeah. <laughs> that might yeah. be one of the best deals in baseball history. It might be. Yeah, <laughs> really for might. sure. I mean, it might be getting beat by one of these Braves ones where they got him also oh, yeah. for like a low dollar also because they at least gave Pujols $100 million yeah. when he was like 24 or whatever. Uh, Ozzy Albee's deal is yeah. insane. Or Acuna's deal. Um, yeah. So I, I, went, I meant to say this at the beginning of the game too. I am not including like uh, Nolan Arenado, who is technically the largest contract. The they didn't sign him. Though. They didn't sign it. They right. acquired it. Um, and you could argue when he opted in, you know, but. I'm yeah. Arenado is not on the on this list. All right, uh, I got to put Wilson Contreras up there. We know he's the largest free agent signing uh, for somebody to never play with the Cardinals, so he's definitely on that list. That is correct. He is the sixth highest. Okay. Um, with uh, I'll just say the numbers. It's yeah. Uh, it's five eighty seven and a half. Yeah. Um, is Mike Leak on this list? Yes, he is. Number eight, Mike Leak, five eighty. Maybe my most hated deal in Cardinals <laughs> history. Well, we only had to watch him for like a year and a half. What yeah. a what a what a immediate collapse. Yeah. <laughs> Called it. Yes, you did. You very um, much did. I'm trying to think there. I mean, Yachty, I think Yachty has to be on this list. I just can't remember the specific details of his extensions prior to the two uh smaller deals he did at the end of his career. Uh, but I'm gonna just say Yachty or Molina because he has to be on there somewhere. Yes, you are correct. Um, now, I want to say something real quick. There, There's a chance that I missed someone here. It's actually surprisingly difficult to just find a list of all-time contracts from a yeah. team. Like, I, I could not find it. So I ended up compiling this myself. So if I end up missing something, let us know. Join the Birds Court and let me know. Um, but Yachty's biggest dollar value contract that he signed was his three-year $60 million contract. Yeah. Um, okay. And so 60 million is the 10th highest contract. And uh, uh, this was an extension, but yeah, 60 yeah. over three. Is Paul Goldschmidt number one? Yep. You yeah, got it. I was there like, we go. He's going to take five. One thirty was yeah. his extension with the another Cardinals. amazing deal signed by the Cardinals. It's like and already he could just not play in 2024. And I, yeah. I assume it would be net. I haven't looked up what the current like, you know, dollar amount per war is, but, um, last I checked it was around like 
nine, ten million dollars per yeah. war, and you know we paid one hundred and thirty, and he did what seven last year. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he's he's excess value already. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, I think it was like two years ago that that took a step down. But then I believe after all those uh, short stops were signed, it mm. took another step up. So, yeah, I think yeah. it's like nine or ten. Um, OK, so, so you need four, five, seven and nine. You've not missed yet. Four, five, seven and nine. Um, give me. Give me Adam Wainwright. Yep. Fourth overall. Yeah, his five-year, ninety-seven and a half million-dollar contract was a good contract. Yep, was the fourth overall. Okay, um, this is probably too long ago, but I do remember a pretty nice extension going to Chris Carpenter. I'm going to say Chris Carpenter. Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to get that one. That's number nine. Um, Just shows you how different contracts are. Chris Carpenter. Uh, you know, Cy Young winner, et cetera. Yeah. Five sixty-five. Five sixty-five. Um, you've got right. two more. One, I think you should get. The other one, a little trickier. I think, but they are all in the last. You know, after the turn of the century. Oh, really? Okay, because I was going to say McGuire because I thought he got a pretty hefty but short extension after the trade. But that probably would have happened in the 90s. Um, so thank you for that lovely hint. Um, mm. I want to say. Shoot. I'm, I'm running out of names all of a sudden. Um, I said Albert I said Yachty. Oh, wait, did Scott Rowland get extended in the turn in the early 2000s? I'm going to say Scott Rowland. Yep, that's number five. Yes. Um, eight years, $90 million oh, was his extension. That's also a great yeah. deal. Of course, he didn't play out the, the full length of that with the Cardinals. I think he right. signed that in 2002 or three. Um, but yeah, it's got rolling 890. 890. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the MV3, and I'm going to say Jimmy Ballgame is also on this list. That's going to be your first miss. Damn it. I don't know what Edmonds contract with the Cardinals was. All right. Um, yeah, because Edmonds. Let's see. Well, I'll, I, I can look it up, but yeah. Um, so what spots, what spot am I missing right now? You have one left. One and left. it is number seven. And. It is both hilarious and also unsurprising that you have uh, you have forgotten this one. Hilarious and unsurprising that I've forgotten this one. Makes me think it's somebody I don't like, but the person in my mind is somebody I do like. Uh, I'm going to say Matt Carpenter. No, let me see what Matt Carpenter was. Man, I thought we... He's not I, on my list. I, I am got a big nice expen- extension too. I am, I'm double checking these because... No, he, uh, let me see. I, I know for sure the one that you have not gotten is, is where it is on the list. Yeah. I'll see if Matt Carpenter was down at the bottom, but I don't think he got more than 60 million, which okay. is the bottom one right now. All right. Um, shoot. Damn it. Balls. Um, Okay, Matt Carpenter was six year fifty two million, so it was close. Yeah. Okay, and also Mark McGuire was two years thirty million, 
which in you know 98 or whatever like that was a lot of money but it it's not um i think i just clicked in your hint really helped me out yeah dexter fowler <laughs> yes yeah exactly damn it uh, dexter fowler yeah and that dexter fowler and that uh mike leak mike leak those were that's 160 million wasted dollars yep. Yeah, Dexter Fowler was uh, 582, man. which until the Wilson Contreras contract um, was the biggest contract with <laughs> for a person who had not played for the Cardinals before. Yeah. Two, uh, three great deals by the Cardinals. When they spend <laughs> about 80 million bucks, it goes really well. Yeah, right. So I'm um, running down the list again. It was Paul Goldschmidt, 5-130, Matt Holiday 7-120, Albert Pujols, 7-100, Adam Wainwright, 598, basically. Scott Rowland, 890. Wilson, 587.5. Dexter Fowler, 582. Mike Leak, 580. Chris Carpenter, 565. And Yachty, 360. Man. Yachty, 360. The newest version of the Yachty. Um, uh, most of those are really good deals. Yeah. Yeah, that's what exactly what I was going to say is that Outside of the Fowler and Leak contracts, you're absolutely very happy with those contracts. Yeah. The only thing that really sticks out to you, though, is that outside of the Paul Goldschmidt one, um, none of these contracts have happened in the last, or and and Wilson, none yeah. of the good one, and we don't even know about the Wilson one yet, as far right. as whether it's going to be good or not. None of these considered really good contracts have happened in the last 10 years <laughs> except for the Paul Goldschmidt con uh, extension which you know was surprising yeah. in the way that it even happened bring back Walt Jockety <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're saying folks yeah how many Arby's does he own he doesn't All need right. them Just baseball no. acumen yeah all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you all for being here. As always, we're finally here in the off season where we might actually have positive Cardinal news. We'll see. Hey. It should be a fun off season. Thank you all for listening, tracking it with us. We'll be here every week. And so until next week, go John Mazzella. Sign Yamamoto. of Ryan Fireworks. You're gonna hear me roar. Ru, ru, ru. Doesn't, doesn't you like stutter it? Like, roar. Yeah, I think that first record is good, though. I stand behind that. <laughs> All right. Here we go.